Well, 7.30 means it's time to check in live on the telephone with R.W. Estella. Good morning, R.W. Hey, good morning, Allison. One of the problems with the world being one's oyster is the perpetual need to sort out priorities and make decisions that from time to time include sacrificing the pursuit of adventure for the sake of meeting one's responsibilities. Take, for example, more than a few invitations my girlfriend and I have received lately from friends down east and in Canada, asking us to join them for outings into the Bay of Fundy and other areas of the eastern Gulf of Maine to watch some of the biggest animals on the planet put on quite a show. In that region, for most of a month now, several species of whale, minke, finback, pilot, humpback, blue, beluga, and North Atlantic right, have been following and steadily feasting upon krill and squid and schools of baitfish such as herring and menhaden. For the North Atlantic right whale, designated as an endangered species by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the Bay of Fundy, also designated by NOAA as a critical habitat area, is a preferred place for yearly breeding on through autumn. According to many experts, over 30% of the world's North Atlantic right whale population is in the Bay of Fundy right now. But it wouldn't matter how many invitations were extended to us to be up close and personal with some of the rarest whales in Maine and Canadian waters at the moment. My girlfriend and I simply can't figure out how to make the time to get to our ready-and-waiting hosts in Cutler or Lubeck or on Campobello Island, or Grand Manan, or in St. Andrews by the sea. Nope, we've got to contend with responsibilities right here locally, courtesy of our positions in the University of Maine system. The powers that be there, also known as the administration, have put together what any lawyer would call additional non-contractual assignments for the faculty concerning the H1N1 virus, also known as the swine flu, short for influenza an Italian word meaning influence, from the medieval Latin influential, which also meant influence, apparently from the belief that epidemics were due to the influence of the stars. My father, the retired microbiologist, would say, this is in some ways true, taking a line from Joni Mitchell's Woodstock that, quote, we are stardust, unquote. But then he would quickly add a scientific note about how much more than mineral matter we are, how attractive we are as hosts to all those little bits of protein drifting about our environment, looking for some place to call home, those little tiny microscopic bits of protein known as viruses. This is where the pesky dampeners of responsibility come in. At the beginning of the semester, my girlfriend at the Orono campus of the University of Maine and I at the Bangor campus of Eastern Maine Community College were told, somewhat casually, by our respective administrations, that it would be helpful for us to be considering how we would proceed in the event of our getting laid up and or any of our students getting laid up by H1N1. Matters were left at distributing copies of a one-page flyer entitled, quote, sharing the responsibility in dealing with H1N1, close quote, which contains some statistics, some brief history of the virus, some miscellaneous information as to how the virus is spread, a few precautions to take to minimize the risk of infection, and a couple of directives on what to do when becoming ill. The document ended with a bold-faced line that read, quote, Thank you for sharing and the responsibility to prevent or minimize the spread of this virus, close quote. That, however, was pretty much where the sharing ended, because a week or so later, rather than the University of Maine System Administration having one of its own draft a blanket document that would serve as a system-wide policy for a possible epidemic, the administration passed the buck 
directing department chairs to collect individual customer design plans for each course taught by faculty in each department. So much for those few hours between classes my girlfriend and I might have snagged to make a quick trip up to the Bay of Fundy. Instead, she spent those otherwise ample moments composing an instructional contingency plan for each of her several courses, and I spent them putting together an emergency plan for the flu for each of my classes. Curiously, at my other teaching venue across town, a private institution, New England School of Communication, no such request for customized contingency plans has yet been made. Still, I can't be too disgruntled with the state of Maine just because of its higher academic administrative shortcomings this past week. On another front, around the same time, the state sent a delegation of officials to accompany various executives from Maine companies on an energy junket commit to Spain, pitching the state's potential for both inland and offshore wind power projects, the Basque Corporation Iberdrola. One of the world's leading privately owned electric utilities, Iberdrola is a 100-year-old company that is not only interested in wind energy and other renewable energy projects, but also, since about a year ago, has become the owner of Central Maine Power Company. We'll talk more about Iberdrola, its vast background, and the appropriateness of its involvement in Maine's energy future soon in subsequent editions of A Word in Edgewise. For more on Maine, have a great day.